This is 1 in 44, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. 1 in 44 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And I am absolutely thrilled to have as my guest today, Mr. Buzzy Godold. Buzzy, good morning. Good morning to you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I've really, I've, I've loved getting to know you over the years, which I've had the, uh, the pleasure of, of having the chance to do um, because of your connection to uh, another, another of my favorite two people, Jeff and Tondra Linford, who I think made the connection between you and, and Anderson and myself years ago. Um, so, but it's been a while. And COVID has taken a toll on everybody's ability to connect again. So it's just great to uh, to be talking to you again this morning. Um, so, Buzzy, did, just to get started, would you mind just um, telling us a little bit about yourself, whatever you want to share, um, or if it's easier to just start with <clears throat> why you have chosen to support the work that Anderson does? Uh, your choice. So we could start with uh, why I'm involved with Anderson and that's clearly because of Tadra and Jeff Linford, two of my favorite people. And uh, I've known about uh, Tadra's daughter for many, many years. And uh, when they had asked me some time ago if I would be interested in, in supporting, uh, it was an easy yes. Uh, so I'm delighted to help in any way I can. I think the, the organization is phenomenal. And the fact that people that I really love and care for a lot uh, it helps their child. What better thing can you do? So that's simple. Uh, I, uh, I, I know from having conversations with you how important family is, um, your own children included. And, and I, we've had some really nice conversations about um, all sorts of things that Anderson's involved in, the, the direct work that we do with, with children and adults with autism, some of the challenges that we face, which I know you've been very responsive to, and, and we appreciate your support there a lot. Um, but also the way in which we encourage families to stay connected to their children, even after making that really difficult decision to place them in a residential program like Anderson. Um, is there a, a family component or something about the way you um, you see the importance of family connectivity that also speaks to you about, um, you know, your experiences with, with Anderson and with the Linfords? Well, I think family is the single most important thing uh, in my life. I've got uh, three kids, and uh, there's nothing more important to me than my children. I often tell people if, if one of my kids uh, calls me and has a tear in her eye, my day is shot. But if my kid, one of my kids calls and they're telling me some fun story and they're really happy, it doesn't matter how much money I lost that day, I'm happy. Yeah. So I grew up in, uh, in a place called Brooklyn, and, mm-hmm. uh, where I grew up. Uh, it was all about family. Uh, you know, years later, uh, we had President Nixon who spoke about family values. Where I grew up, family values existed, you know, 50 years before Nixon even heard the word. It was all about families. Sunday dinners, we had dinner together every night, etc. So family is of the utmost importance to me, as I know it is to Jeff and Tantra. And I think it's, I have the utmost respect for both of them and the connection they keep with, with their daughter. Well, I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that. I, I share the same sentiment. And um, so I think that it, it's a good time for me to just let you know that um, when we when I have the opportunity to talk to other Anderson families, um, usually at a group called Anderson Family Partners, which is when monthly a, a growing number of families come together and support each other and share information about their children and their experiences and and families who've had children 
here at Anderson for even 40 years. We have somebody who's been with us for 40 years um, in our adult program. And they're talking directly to a family who may have just dropped their child off here that week and are sort of reeling from just the the huge change in their lives. Um, I think that, that it's important that you know how appreciative all the Anderson families are about um, the, the support of our generous sponsors and, uh, and friends, and, and you're one of them and they may not all know you. Um, but, uh, I think I can speak on behalf of all of them when I say thank you on behalf of, uh, on behalf of all of our families. I think, I think the thank you isn't from you to me. The thank you is from me to you because what you folks are doing is God's work. So let's leave it at that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, now, uh, one little logistical thing, uh, we um, have not been able to uh, convince you. This is a joke, Buzzy, but we have not been able to convince you yet to come up to a Poughkeepsie gala for Anderson. However, um, I just want to again thank you on behalf of uh, the gala committee too that you have sponsored our gala for many years, um, and this year being the champagne sponsor. So, so again, thank you. Um, let's move into um, uh, some of the other things that you're involved in. I think. Um, I remember once meeting you for lunch in New York City pre-COVID, and um, we had an interesting exchange of donuts, as I recall. <laughs> um, you gave me real donuts, which I appreciated, and my children certainly appreciated very much. Um, and I gave you uh, some handmade artistic donut donuts that some of our students had made. Which actually, um, those donuts yeah. sit on the windowsill in our conference room just down the hall. That's fantastic. I'm thrilled to hear that. I, I want to... I told the art teacher uh, that I was coming to visit you and um, and that I just was I just thought it would be really meaningful if he could come up with some sort of project that would be interesting around donuts. And our art teacher, his name is Nathan, is a very creative guy, as you would want in an art teacher. Um, But he also really loves bringing projects, new new projects to the students in the children's program uh, with whom he works. And so I left him with that, just that simple comment. And I came back a couple of weeks later and he, he very sort of subtly looked at me and said, well, do you think these will do? And he opened up this box um, and it was, it was just perfect. They were, they were amazing. Um, it was really fun. So, so tell us a little bit about your, your background when it comes to the donut pub and, and, um, how that's all going, because that's that's different than some of your other career choices. Well, first thing I did when I was out of out of high school, actually, I went to Brooklyn College at night for two semesters. And uh, that was the end of my college career, actually, and uh, worked on Wall Street. My first job, I got laid off after six months because things were not good on Wall Street. I got a second job, got laid off after six months for the same reason. My brother worked on Wall Street, couldn't make a living back in those days. So mm. Two of us uh, at my father's urge opened up donut shops and we opened six donut shops around the city uh and in 1968 my brother came to me and said he was going back to wall street things were getting better and mm-hmm. he didn't think it would be fair if we were still partners so we sold by that time we had four left we had sold off a couple and we sold off three and i kept one which i still have and i kept it as a good luck charm and uh, shortly after that, I ended up following my brother to Wall Street and uh, remained at Wall Street and still involved in finance. So that's the story. And we opened a second donut shop about three years ago because my daughter was looking to have a project with some creativity. It's probably the best looking donut shop in America. It's down at Aston Place in Broadway. So we mm-hmm. now have two donut shops and they're still my good luck charm. Well, having eaten them, 
myself. They are incredibly delicious donuts. Um, I know that. No, they're not bad. They're not bad. They're not your average donut. Um, I actually, and and I love that you you said your one of your daughters is is now has been very involved. She was very briefly. She helped design the store, open the store, and then decided she didn't really want to want to run a donut shop. So she went off to business school. Okay. I recently graduated. Oh, congratulations to her. Um, I the other thing I just wanted to share is that I was uh, doing what we do now. Um, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago, and I was uh, scrolling through one of my social media news feeds, and I saw that somebody uh, who I know just from uh, where I live was on a business trip in New York City and took a picture in front of the donut pub and uh, was proclaiming. And he's a foodie. He will he his most of his stuff that he posts is about. Um, places he's eaten and food that everybody must try. So he was giving you a big shout out. Um, and I had this little moment of pride where I was like, I know, I know what that is. I know that. Well, I'm, I know I'm delighted to hear that. That's yes. Yes. You were getting a lot of uh, free um, advertising that day on, uh, I think it was on Facebook. So, um, so we only have uh, about two minutes, two minutes left in the first half of the show. And um, I, uh, I think in the second half, maybe we'll get into some of the challenges that are going to be facing Anderson um, in the future. And maybe your thoughts on just uh, since, since you eventually did go back to Wall Street, did you not? Yeah. Yeah. So we've had some some good financial conversations over the years as well. Um, you know, about ways that, that you think the world is going to is going to go in terms of uh, having to be creative when it comes to facing challenges. Um, but just in this last minute, again, I just want to sum up and, and say thank you again, uh, Buzzy Adult, for everything that you've done for Anderson uh, Center for Autism through your donations to Anderson Foundation for Autism. Um, and and really for anybody who may have heard your name or knows uh, of your work, um, but may not know you, I just want to tell you personally, you are such a pleasure to get to know. Um, some of my favorite days in New York City have been the chances to sit down with you and Tondra Linford and have lunch. Um, and it's just really, really, really great to see your face and to know that you are standing beside us as such a strong supporter. Well, the pleasure is all mine. I, I remember our lunches and look forward to uh, doing another one soon. Oh, yeah. Hope so. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of you in the near future. So uh, that's exciting. And we're going to take a quick break. This is One in 44, the talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Alone, our reach is limited. No matter how great our intentions, on our own, we can only stretch so far. But at Rotary, we believe the right group of people working together can make our communities our world a better place. Rotary is a worldwide network of community volunteers dedicated to helping people in need. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary. Humanity in motion. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, river. Dude. How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you hear? Cool. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, oak tree? Sup? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, turtle. 
Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think he would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel. Has anybody seen Mr. Mr. Squirrel's feet? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Wouldn't it be great if life came with remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind. Like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Or that time you forgot to roll up your windows in the car wash. Fantastic. Yeah, a remote control would have come in handy then. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Life doesn't come with a remote control. So you're on your own with the wasps. You have the power to take control of prediabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. And now, 1 in 44 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm speaking today with Buzzy Godold, a friend of Anderson, wonderful person, uh, father, donor, sponsor, uh, friend to... Other great friends of Anderson's, the the Linford family, and um, just having a good conversation, trying to help people who might be listening to this podcast, especially those uh, who are family members of an Anderson uh, student or adult, get to know you a little bit better. Um, so, um, Buzzy, the the name of this show is One in Forty Four, but the name of this podcast uh, started when I first did my first interview. It was called One in Eighty Eight. And the number, the name of it has changed a few times over the years. And the reason for that name change is because uh, several years back, I'm guessing it was maybe seven, eight years ago when I started doing this, um, the statistics in the United States for children being diagnosed with autism were one out of every 88 children born. Um, since that, and this is from a study that the CDC has run for, for many years, the number many years before that was one in 10,000 and it's, it's grown and grown and grown, but just in that short time period, it's gone from one in 88 to one in 44. And I purposely keep changing the name of the show to highlight and to bring awareness to the fact that, um, at this point, even if you're living your life and you may think that you've never met somebody with autism, uh, you certainly have. And if you still think maybe no, then you've most definitely met somebody who loves somebody with autism, cares for somebody with autism, um, or or is on the autism spectrum themselves. So I'm just curious your thoughts on that kind of uh, statistical change and what you think that means in your world, in your community, um, in terms of maybe the needs of of, uh, of people and how how those of us who have the ability should be approaching how uh, helping. Well, first of all, those numbers are kind of shocking to me. I had no idea that it was even one in 88, let alone one in 44. Mm-hmm. Uh, so clearly, there isn't a person that touches any of us that doesn't either have a family member or a relative uh, or a friend that has somebody that has autism. Uh, I think awareness is extremely important and getting that message out there that it's touching all of us every day. And we need to do more research, better research. Aside from organizations like yours, which are marvelous, and they're helping families and, and people with autism, 
you know, we want to be able to treat autism in a much better fashion. It shouldn't be looked upon as like this horrible disease. These people are like nutty people, etc. We should look at this just like we look at someone who might have cancer, might have diabetes. It's it's something that we should help and work with. And I think the important thing is to let and make sure people understand mm-hmm. that this is not some horrible thing that we have to be afraid of. But in fact, our friends and neighbors and relatives have people or children that have autism. It's, it's, uh, it's out there. It's not going to go away so fast. So more research on best ways to handle it and mm-hmm. organizations like yours that are helping families along. We should have that in every community, every state. In the union. I couldn't agree with you more. I think, uh, and, 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 and to be optimistic, because I, I am an optimist in general, um, I do see this society is changing and I, and I have a tremendous amount of, of faith and hope in the upcoming generation of people who are siblings to, to people with autism, uh, coming into young adulthood, um, who I've, I've had the pleasure of talking to, um, who say some things that are, that are so profound, um, to me that I, I think they're worth repeating. And I think you'd appreciate hearing them. Um, one story comes to mind. There was a young man um, whose mother is actually on Anderson's board, um, but he's, he's grown up with his mother just being kind of affiliated in some professional capacities over the years. And she recently joined the board, but um, he just grew up with her knowing that she had an appreciation and, and knowledge of Anderson center for autism. Uh, no one else in their family has autism. He um, he's a, he's a soccer player uh, and he's in high school now. And um, he did a fundraiser for Anderson. That was his idea. Not very long ago. I think he was in eighth grade when he did it, where it was uh, he, he got his whole team to agree that uh, there'd be a series of games that they played where um, they would get pledges for every goal that I think they saved. Uh, I think he's a goalie. Um, so, <clears throat> so they launched this fundraiser and, um, and at the end of it, they raised several thousand dollars, just this team, um, because he was extremely motivated. He's a good player and also very motivated to, to support the organization. And he had a chance to come on this podcast and I interviewed him and he was a sweet kid, super smart, um, really, really uh, fun to talk to. And at the end of the podcast, I kind of asked him an open-ended question about, you know, just being the age he was and did he feel like there was um, any reason why anybody should feel like they need to only support things that they have a personal connection to. Um, Because I was struck by the fact that he just chose to do this kind of on his own. It wasn't because he had a friend on the spectrum or a sibling on the spectrum or anything like that. And, uh, And his response to me was, well... No, remember he's he's in eighth grade at this time, and he said, "No, I don't think so. Um, I really just think that uh, people should be kind to each other, and this is just one of those things that's just the right thing to do. So I think more people should just do these types of things, and then everything will just get better." And it was just, <laughs> it was so sweet and profound, but and it's so sincere that um, I just want to reassure you, I guess, as somebody who I think shares that. Uh, those comments about, you know, it shouldn't be looked at as something horrible. It is not something to be afraid of. It is something to embrace as, as, uh, and people to embrace as members of our community and our lives and our families. Um, that there is somebody who's, who's starting his life as a pretty young man who's got that mindset and whatever he touches, I think is going to uh, benefit from that attitude. So I just wanted to share that with you. Hopefully that's a little bit of a gift I can offer you, um, that, uh, that I think things will continue to improve when it comes to awareness and research and 
and um, community mindedness and kindness. I think that's what's needed. That's great. Um, all right. So um, what is, is there anything coming up for you that you want to um, share with us or any, any questions that you might have for me about, I mean, Anderson faces all sorts of challenges. Um, we also have had a, a really great year when it comes to um, programming. We're moving in, into uh, new geographic areas throughout New York state, especially in the capital region. We've started to serve preschoolers um, for the first time. So we're getting into the, the little kids now, which is great. And um, just open to any questions that you might have for me. Otherwise I can, I can fill you in on some details <laughs> as we end the interview. No, I have no questions. I think, you know, as I said earlier, the work you guys are doing is, is fabulous. And I uh, just want you to continue doing it. You're helping a lot of families. Well, so let me thank you and we will. And let me just close out by then saying, giving you a, a little bit more of a sense of some of the things we are able to do because of, of your support and the support of others. One is we have uh, about 40 international fellows here at Anderson uh, representing countries from throughout the world. They come here. Tondra is actually very, Tondra and Jeff are quite involved in the Anderson Center International Program where scholars come and train with us for 12 to 18 months and then often go back to their home countries and then start their own own programs, um, serving children with autism who were in many countries, there are no services until our scholars go back. Um, so that's one thing that we've been able to expand that that number dropped down to two during the pandemic, um, because we really couldn't have uh, people weren't traveling, obviously. So the fact that we're back up to basically full capacity at, at about 40 scholars here right now, is having a huge impact throughout the world. Um, as I said before, we we're able to expand into um, preschools and into the capital region of New York, um, which is a, a, an area where there's a need for additional services that we provide. Um, we've never stopped our core services, serving children and adults here in the Hudson Valley. Um, and that pro those programs continue to, to thrive. Um, our staff, just so you know, um, this year's gala that you supported was, uh, we called it 10,000 thank yous. Um, we did honor uh, some community partners at a local hospital who worked with us around the pandemic, but we also uh, really wanted to recognize our own health services team and all of our amazing dedicated staff. There are about 900 of them when they're full, we're full. And it's a hard, uh, it's a hard job that they do every day. Um, and it's also made more difficult by the challenges of not being able to, uh, to really make a living wage, especially as prices increase everywhere. Um, but they come anyway. And so I just wanted to, to, again, in that respect, make sure you're aware of just, just a few of the things that your support over the years has helped us be able to do. It is so meaningful to everyone. And I know that you're going to turn around and thank us for what we do, um, but it truly is a combined effort. We couldn't do it without private support. Um, and uh, and so I just want to, again, applaud you and thank you and, and wish you and your family um, an incredible holiday season and a wonderful new year. And we're looking forward to to uh, to being able to do more and, and celebrate you in the near future. Well, and a very happy holiday to you. And again, thank you for all of the good stuff you guys do. Pleasure. Thank you, Buzzy. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I look forward to seeing you soon. This is 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 44, a weekly presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at this time next weekend.